What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host Ken Milam and John Swan as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. talk about bees i think yeah that's it's, pretty much what this show's about yeah talk bees. about bees hive jive hive jive jive hive hive mm-hmm. jive the hive jive mm-hmm. bees bees <laughs> yep <laughs> We're, i'm not gonna talk about this are you asleep here. still i am a little bit you're fixing to go do uh work on bees because you got your cap on I do. Yep. Uh, I have to go. Well, I got th- not this cap. This isn't my B cap. That ain't your B cap. No, this is a nicer cap. Oh, okay. <laughs> this What's is, your B cap guy? This is. <laughs> <laughs> Ken bought us some T-shirts that uh, we yeah, will, can't see them yet. We'll shoot. We'll show you guys on uh, on Halloween because they're um, they're Halloween themed T-shirts. Yep, that's it. So we'll. Uh, <laughs> we'll do some pictures and stuff of that, and we'll do a a little Halloween scary bee story for you guys uh, for for a Halloween episode. We'll put that out there as a bonus episode. But um, yeah, no, I have to go do consultations this morning. So we've got uh, got people that want me to come look at their hives for them and and with them and help them understand what may or may not be going on in there and all that fun stuff. One of them is going to be a long lang. Long lang, you're gonna get to see one. Yep. Well, I mean, I've seen them before, yeah. but this one, this one is the one where we were talking about like your, what your idea was yeah. of how to just stick them together. Uh-huh. And that's what they ended up doing. They decided they didn't want to use all their boxes and stack them. So they stuck them side by side and cut holes in them. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, <laughs> see how it worked. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Now, did they just cut holes in the bottom? Did they, where they go under, did they make a channel at the bottom or did you just drill holes in the sides of them? I don't know. We'll, well, you'll we'll have to figure it out and take pictures. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it uh, how they how they did that, how it all plays out. Um, okay, so this morning, so today's actual episode, when we eventually get there, we're going to be talking about combining bees and consolidating for winter, or any time a colony just really isn't making it. So that's going to be the main topic. But before we get into that, something I wanted to ask you, you know, on all these new hives that I've got. We got a lot of them turned to the north. Should I put up a windbreak to keep the north wind from blowing into their little holes, their little entrances? Something to think about. I'm trying to think of which ones are turned to the north. Really, just the the where the top bars are. The the new one that we stuck in there, that one would be facing kind of northeast. The two the two new ones. Let's see which way. Are the two new ones we put in. Uh, that were both of them honey bound. They're, but we turned those. Well, they're kind yeah. of facing. They're facing east, um, but they could be slightly because we did angle one out yeah. each direction. So one of them could be more northeast, and the other one could be straight east. But should you put a? If you have a, you know, here in Texas we only get what four, four, six days of really <laughs> cold weather. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so on the subject of weather. Um, those of you up in, well, <laughs> those of you in the Northwest right now, yeah, Montana, um, y'all getting some snow or Colorado, or, like all the way up there, you guys are actually getting ready to have a, what did they call it? A winter <laughs> winter. We're going to have a hundred degrees. Yeah. See, that is, that is what's blowing my mind. 
So we were really, really, really hoping there was a cold front that was supposed to be coming through this next week, and yeah, we were supposed rain. to we were supposed to drop from our record historic hundred degree still fifty six coming days into October, right? Going down into you know actually taking us down into the mid to upper eighties, mm-hmm. which is where we should be this time of year, mm-hmm. and instead. Um, the cold front kind of seems to have stalled out up there in the, the Northwest and you guys are about Melted. to have a uh, historic September snowstorm. And for us, our next, what is this? Like the 10 or 14 day forecast. It is still mid to upper nineties. Oh, yeah. When the cold front hits, we drop to 89 and then we go back up into the nineties. It's not cool. <laughs> Literally. It's not cool. Not at all. Bees don't like it either. Um, okay, so... I've got a bunch of packages coming, by the way. Now, yes, that's next year. Let's talk about that later. <laughs> However, um, I did hear that you do have something else coming. Got a nuke. Yeah. It's October. What are you doing getting nukes? Somebody just needed to get rid of a nuke. I <laughs> says, I'll take it. Hell just, yeah! You just Free bees! like getting bees. <laughs> Let's see, that'll give me... Now, supposedly it is full. So it's five bar, full of bees... I'm thinking to go to an eight frame. And your Put logic eight frame. your logic with that is I want to see first off before I well so you have more room, but uh, unless we want to put it in one of my five frame on my five frame nuke box, but what I'm thinking is go to an eight frame, and I want to see how much how well the comb is if it's full of honey if it's uh, you know what it's got for stores and. That's one of the things I was going to ask you. If I put them in an eight frame and they don't have a bunch of stores, should I pull one of the frames that we took out of the honeybound hives and put in there with them? Or should we just watch it and put it in there in time? I would say that all depends on what specifically we're looking at. So, um, to clarify, and, and what I was hoping that you would say when I asked on, you know, what was your basis on putting them in the bigger box? If you get a nuke right now mm-hmm. and you put them into an eight frame or a 10 frame box, so let's say you do have a full nuke that is a full five frames, mm-hmm. and you put them into a, just we're going to say 10 frame just for easier math. Yeah. You put them into a 10 frame box. If you add in five undrawn bare combs in there, undrawn frames, mm-hmm you're not doing them any good. They're not going to grow and draw out any of those other frames. But I'm cheating. Well, that's and that's that's the point. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's what I want everybody to understand. Um, if you go in and you get a nuke right now and you put it into a bigger box because you're like, oh, you know, they, they need the more room and everything else. Well, they're not going to be drawing out comb. They're not really focused in the fall and the winter on expanding the colony. Mm-hmm. They're focused on survival and storing food. So what you've done is you've increased the volume that they have to heat. Mm-hmm. And there's not going to be any comb on those other five frames. So now it's a void that's just going to be a refrigerator sitting over there cooling them down. Mm-hmm. It would actually be better to leave them in their nuke box where they're all contained and they're all tightly packed together where they can keep the whole thing safe and warm. Now, you're cheating because you have drawn comb. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have drawn comb, that's a completely different story, and that's the only way that works. You can take that colony, the nuke, mm-hmm. and you can put it into a larger box, and then you can fill the rest of the larger box with already fully drawn out comb. 
the bees immediately have access to fully drawn comb. They don't have to mm -hmm. do any work. They can immediately start cleaning it up. The queen can start laying in it. They can start storing food mm -hmm. in it. So that is the only way that works when you're talking October, November, and you're, you're wanting to move something like that. So yes, in your situation, you can put them into that box. Now, if you pull them out of the nuke, and the nuke is, let's say all five frames are, for whatever reason, they're all brewed and mm -hmm. they're all capped brewed and there's no food stores in there. Mm -hmm. Then I would move them over and I would put them in that other box and I would go ahead and give them two frames of your solid capped honey okay. that you took out of the other one. Okay. And then I would leave the other frames as just the empty drawn comb. Okay. So you'll have your five of brood. You've got six and seven in there that are going to be capped honey. And then depending on if you put them in an eight or a 10, you'll have one to three that are going to be open drawn comb. Now, to set up, am I going to put the brood in the middle, put the stores on each side, or put the stores in closer to them, and then the empty drawn out combs out to each side? Um... Given that it is wintertime, mm -hmm. I would start on one side and have everything stacked over that direction and then allow them to expand outward if they want to, but I wouldn't put empty on either side of them. Okay, would I put the the combs with brood, say, to the right side? Then in the middle you would have the drawn-out honeycomb, the two full of honey, then the empties to the to the far left. No. Okay. Um, hang on, hang on. Let me tell why on okay. that. Um, solid frames of honey. Mm -hmm. uh, th this is th it's this is kind of like screwed up beekeeper logic because it's not entirely true, but it, at, at the same time, it is true. Mm -hmm. Solid frames or combs of drawn out honey. The queen will not go across them. That's how you can become bound, honey mm -hmm. bound or nectar bound, is because the queen, she's going through and she's looking for continuous frames that she can lay in. If there's one solid thing of pollen or one solid thing of honey, she may go around that if there's open comb on the other side, mm -hmm. but it's just as highly likely that she won't at all. So if you put your drawn out honey in the middle and you have your brood on one side, what you've done is you've effectively trapped all the brood space on that one side. The bees may go to the other side and may keep filling it with stores, but the queen may not go over there and lay. What would be better would be always start with your solid capped on the edge so okay. you're going to start by putting in the solid frames of capped honey on the side, right or left, doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. So you'll put in brand new solid capped honey, brand mm -hmm. new solid capped honey. Then you're going to do brood, 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 mm -hmm. brood, brood. And then whatever's left will be the empty comb on its own over there. So okay. they can expand over into it if they need to, mm -hmm. but you don't want to put empty space on either side of it because we're going into winter. Now, if we were in the spring or summer, you can pretty much do whatever you want. You could do one capped solid, then you could have a couple empties, and then you could have all your brood, and then a couple more empties, and then a capped solid of honey. And they would be fine because you don't have to worry about the heat distribution. It's nice and toasty out there. Well, I need to pull the frozen, which they are right now, honey out in the comb now and let it sit overnight and warm up before I put it in the box. Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. If you stuck a frozen frame of anything in there, you could potentially kill the colony. It would chill them down. Exactly. Yeah. It's like sticking a nice yep. block inside there. Yep. Um, so it doesn't matter if it is just empty drawn comb that you had in the freezer or if it is like solid food stores that you've frozen to keep mm -hmm. as an emergency food store. 
you pull those out of the freezer and you need to let them set inside your house where they're protected and come up to room temperature to where they're in the 70s. So I would let them set there all day, basically. And then yeah. the next day, go and, and put them into your colonies. That's the best thing to do on that. Um, if you're, if For those of you guys who are getting ready to go into winter or you're getting ready to have this potential blizzard situation in September here uh, or the end of September going into October, by the time you hear this, it'll be October 1st. Um, which that's my favorite month. I love October. Buster cool off. Yeah, they keep saying that they're lying. If you're going to be doing something and you have emergency food stores set aside, you need to keep in mind there has to be a little bit of preparation in advance for that because you want to take those food stores and do exactly like we just said. You want to set them out, yep. let them come all the way up to temperature before you go and open up your colony and try to put anything in any time during the winter. Mm-hmm. You want it to be room temperature so that it's not adding to the cold that's already happening out there. That could be like a crucial hindrance or even a death sentence for a colony if you stuck something frozen in there in the middle of winter that would be bad so let make sure that it is fully fully warmed up to room temperature and honey will actually warm up pretty quickly and if you have it sitting there on the counter you know it'll it'll go through and it'll warm up so that's usually not too big of an issue so okay now okay going through and looking at the situation with the nuke there's all the different things that you could do to it now let's say that we open it up and we look at it and it is four Solid bars or frames of Mm -hmm. capped honey and Mm -hmm. one of pollen and a little bit of brood. Okay. What would you do then? I'm going to put the solid capped honey to the far right side and put the brood and the pollen in the middle and then to the far left side will be the empty frames. Okay. That would work. Um, If you. What you told me to do on the honey balloons that I pulled out. And that would would work. Now, what if you were going to leave it in the nuke box? It's a trick question, honestly. See, if you if you were leaving it, if in the I was nuke- leaving it in the nuke box, I'd take one or two of the of the solid of the honey out, or one of the honey out, put an empty. Since I, I'm cheating, yeah. I have drawn <laughs> comb I can put in there, freeze that honey, the comb full of honey, like I did with the with the honey bound ones, and then as I looked in there once in a while in the winter, and they see they need the stores, let it warm up and put it back in there. Yeah, see that one. That was really that was a trick question because that could kind of go either way. If they were staying in the nuke box, and winter was starting tomorrow, if we were potentially going to have that blizzard situation tomorrow, it wouldn't matter. Mm. They'd be fine because mm-hmm. if as long as there's a ton of bees in that box, if three or four of the frames are already solid capped food, that's uh-huh. perfect because okay. that means that colony will survive all the way through the winter. Now, for us, in theory. We still have a fall flow that will happen. It's supposed to start in like late September, go all the way through October. If it starts November. raining. Right. <laughs> Our heat wave has never broken. We have not had any rain. Um, there's no telling what this year is going to look like for fall and winter for us. It could be we could White brush hasn't bloomed a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's goofy. But so for us, you could actually afford to take a frame or two of those out, give them a frame or two of the empty drawn comb. Yep. And allow them to continue raising more bees and, and filling up more space and stuff. Because otherwise, they're going to become bound and trapped. And if we do get a flow, that could be, you know, that could just be a challenge on that. So Yeah, they try to make a swarm. Yeah. See, <laughs> everything can be a contradiction. Everything. It, and it all is circumstantial. It depends on that exact situation with your exact location at that exact moment. And the next day, it could all completely change. So if we're talking about what you're going to do right now, because it's looking like it's going to be 90 degrees for two more weeks, that's a completely different conversation than what are you going to do right now? It's going to snow tomorrow. 
Like it, it all changes. If uh, if you didn't have this drawn comb, it would be a completely different conversation yep. as well. And most beekeepers don't have that luxury, especially in the first or second year. Now, as you move out of the second year and you go into the third and fourth and fifth year and things like that, well, now you have resources. Every time you've had your colony, um, you know, get four supers of drawn comb out and you extract it, well, now you have four supers mm-hmm. of empty comb that is a, a valuable resource that could be used later on down the road. So next question, and this will kind of merge us over into our actual kind of subject line topic mm-hmm. here for the day. Okay. What if you open up that box mm-hmm. and you've got three empty drawn comb mm-hmm. that really nothing's going on in, one that has just a little bit of open nectar or sugar syrup in it, and one that has like a small four-inch patch of brood, and there's maybe 100 bees in the box. What would you do then? I would go to look in into which one of my other boxes are going to be a little weak and pull that queen out, give it to you, and then dump the rest of the bees back into that box with that queen. Well, I don't want your queen that ain't doing good. Sorry. Chop her head off. Okay. No, I'm not going to kill a queen. <laughs> you better get over You're that. You're going to kill a queen. You're, you better get oh, okay. over that. <laughs> okay. But anyway, well, especially with this new kid I'm getting, I don't know how if they're going to be mean or not. We'll find that out. You won't know that until they get bigger. Yeah. Um, that'll be next year once you've put them into the bigger box yeah. and they've had time to grow and you put on that first super mm-hmm. above them. That'll be when you find out. You're, you're looking at like March or April, maybe May, all of a sudden you'll be like, oh my God. Um, but we have no idea. Yeah. Like we really don't know until it, it gets to that point. So the the main thing on that, And this is kind of where consolidating and combining hives comes in. So if you have two colonies and one of the colonies coming into winter is just kind of meh, there's not enough bees in there. You're looking Mm -hmm. at it and you know right now, if I don't don't do anything, that colony is gone. They're going to die. There's no way they can survive. And you've got another colony that is doing great. Yep. Well... Your choices become, do I allow the one colony to completely die out and sacrifice potentially all of that, all of those resources, mm-hmm. or do I try to salvage it? Now, if you have a colony that's already doing like spectacular, mm-hmm. it really doesn't need that. The true point, and I guess the better example of this would be, let's say you have three colonies instead of two. And you've got one colony that's doing spectacular. Mm -hmm. You've got one colony that's kind of mediocre. Mm -hmm. And you've got another colony that's meh. Mm -hmm. Or you've got two colonies that are both meh. Mm -hmm. What you would do is you take the weakest colony. That's the one, the one that is not doing the best. That's the one the queen gets sacrificed from. She's Mm got to go away. Obviously, she's not doing that well. It could be the breeding. It could be her age. It could be anything in that. All the above. Could be anything. Yeah. So she goes away. The colony that was doing better out of your meh or your mediocre hives, mm-hmm. that's the one you're going to keep that queen. So you get rid of the worst queen, you keep the best of the two options that you've got there. Then you're going to go through and you're going to combine those. And if you've got bees in there, you're going to still combine it. But what you want to do is on the, we're going to say just for hypothetical purposes, they're each in one deep Langstroth box. Doesn't matter if it's 10 frame or not or, okay. or eight frame. Eight frame yeah. So long as both the boxes are the same yeah. size, right? Mm-hmm. So you start off and you've got your um your deep that is meh, and you've got your other deep that's eh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. So that one, the good one, is gonna be on the bottom. 
you're going to leave it exactly where it was, or maybe if they're side by side, you scoot it over to the middle where it's kind of bridging the space between right. the two hives. Okay. And you turn around, you're going to take the lid and the inner cover off of it, yes. and you're going to lay a sheet of newspaper all the way across the top of it. And then you're going to take your hive tool or a knife, and you're going to put like five or six tiny little slits, like you're just poking holes. You don't want to you don't want to make anything big enough a bee can walk through. You just want to make it where airflow can go through or there's an edge that they can start chewing on. So you'll just take the knife and you'll basically just poke it straight down and pull it straight back up. Like, boom, boom, boom. You're puncturing it almost like you would aluminum foil on the grill. Mm -hmm. Just poking little tiny slits in it. And you do that across the newspaper in several spots. Then you're going to take that other box that is the meh one that's not doing all that great, mm -hmm. and you're going to set it directly on top of the newspaper on top of the box that you have the queen in that you want to keep. So what you've done is you've got your first colony on the bottom that has her queen and mm -hmm. is doing well. The other colony that was not doing well that you've removed the queen from and dispatched the queen out of, you're going to set it on top of that newspaper on top of the good box. Then you'll put the inner cover on it. Make sure they have no top entrance at this point. If they have one, cover it up. Then you're going to put the lid on it. You've now trapped that other colony above the good colony. And what's going to happen is all those little slits in the newspaper, the bees are going to come down there and they'll be able to get their antenna through there and they'll be able to communicate and to exchange pheromones and even exchange food while they're trying to chew this newspaper out of the way. Now, over the, it's almost the same concept as like releasing a queen and you've got the candy capping. Yeah. Over the course of the next three days, they're going to chew through that newspaper. But in the process of doing it, they have been spreading the pheromones from the queen in the good box up through with the bees in the top box. Mm -hmm. And those bees have no choice but to go through the newspaper down through the bottom box to get out of the colony. Right. And when they do come out, they're going to orient and it's going to be, that's going to be their new home. And they already smell like that new queen, so they're going to accept her and they just integrate in and become part of that colony. Now, that's how you combine them. And that may be step one. The next step is going to be, if there was not a lot going on in that top box... You can't leave that box up there because it could cause problems if it's just a bunch of empty comb. Yeah, because they're going to go to once spring gets there. I don't know. We're we're just looking at winter. Well, what they're going to do is go up there, and it's they may go because your heat's going to rise, mm -hmm. and they'll go up there and basically starve to death. Yeah. So what you're going to want to do once they've combined themselves. And hopefully you've got enough time before like winter truly sets in if you're mm -hmm. trying to do this situation, this scenario. You then turn around and you can do one of two things. If that top box was literally void of resources mm -hmm. and you were just trying to save the bees out of it and, and combine them, what you've done is say you had that, that bottom colony has maybe 10,000 bees in it and that other colony only had about 1,000. Well, 11,000 bees have a better chance of surviving winter than the 10 or the 1, either one. Yeah, because they can stay a little warmer. Right. Or if you've got two of them that are equal, and they're both 5,000 each, and you put them together, you have one colony of 10,000 bees, mm -hmm. which has a better chance of surviving than both of the 5,000s. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the concept of doing your combination and consolidating down. And once you've got them in there, if it is truly only a colony that's big enough to house one box, mm -hmm. they don't need two boxes. So then you can take that other box off, Reduce it all back down, have your single box with your inner cover and your lid. The other box of comb can be frozen. So 
that way it's stored and you've killed any potential little larvas of anything that may be in there. Mm. Freeze it and save it for later. If there was some food stores in there, you can then use that for emergency food stores. Right. In a situation where you say you might have two different boxes going on, you've combined them in there and there's a, a decent distribution of resources in both boxes. Once you've done the combination and you've allowed the bees to integrate and they've had over a week or two to kind of get to know each other and it's all good, then I would open both of those back up. And what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to take all of the solid frames of capped food stores and move them into one box and have all of the frames of the brood or the open comb in another box. The brood and the open comb then go on the bottom and the solid capped food stores go on the top. And the reason for that is, like you said, the heat's going to rise. And the bees start at the bottom in the bo at the beginning of winter, and they eat their way up, and they move up into the top box. So all that heat is going up and kind of warming up the bottom of the honey above them, and then they can slowly move up into those cells and consume that honey as the winter progresses and they slowly go. So it's better to have their food stores above them in your Langstroth than it is to have them below them. If you have them below them, that honey's going to be ice cold and all the heat's going up and they, they can't get to it to actually do anything. Right. So keep your food stores in that top box. So that's kind of the, the concept of doing a combination and the logic behind it is more along the lines of what do you want to do and would it be better to accept the losses ahead of time and know that you're preserving at least one colony rather than running the risk of losing both of them. That's kind of how you look at it. So yeah. for me, we could get up this time of year, we're pushing 40 to 45 colonies because I try to keep it below 50. Um, and that that is not counting removal colonies. The removal colonies are kind of out there on their own. We don't count that as part of the main apiary. So yeah, I try to keep it below 50 of my my total managed colonies. This time of year, we're, we're right about, I think right now we're at 38. And... We still have time. It's really weird out there right now. So we're still going to let the colonies go through and see here in Central Texas, what mm -hmm. are they doing? What's going to happen? But when October, like mid-October, towards the end of October starts rolling around, I'll do one final check and I'll go through there and I'll be like, all right, I gave you guys all the opportunity you could. If it's a top bar, top bars are, are awesome because in a top bar, you can just add in those comb and call it good. Yeah. But you can't exactly do the newspaper exchange method. That's a little bit more tricky. Um, in a top bar, what I end up doing, if I'm combining a top bar, it's every other bar. And so you have to open both of them up and you turn around and you've got an original bar from the good one you're keeping. And then you put in a bar from the one that you're combining in and then a bar from the original and then a bar from the other and a bar from the original and a bar from the other. And you just keep doing that. So every other comb is a different colony and it has a different smell and it gets very confusing inside there. And at first you might have a little bit of fighting on the first one that you put in, mm -hmm. but then as you keep going, all of a sudden it just becomes chaos because everybody smells different and every comb smells different and they all think they're lost and it just works. It's kind of a bizarre little thing that will actually, it'll actually work out and it shouldn't, but it does. <laughs> so you can combine that in. And then again, you want only the comb that's going to be all of your brood and your babies and everything up front. And then you want your food stores to be immediately following that so that they don't have to go across empty comb to get to the food. Now, again, this is all just based on what do you want to do? So if I'm out of my apiary and I'm looking and I'm like, okay, I've got 20 hives that are in excellent shape and can absolutely make it through the winter. And then I've got 10 hives that are meh, 
they they might and they may not. I don't necessarily know. Do I want to take that risk of losing them both? Or would I rather have one guaranteed colony to make it? And so I may take those 10 and combine them together and end up with five really good hives with decent populations. And then the rest of the resources get preserved. And then in the spring, I can then split things back out and give them the additional resources. So that's kind of the combination of how that would actually work, how you can consolidate down. Um, you're taking your hits in advance when you can control it and know what happens, as opposed to just waiting and seeing what happens at the end of winter. So that's kind of the uh, the overall with that. That'll work. That'll work. Sounds good to me. <laughs> but, uh, okay. So when I get this new. I need to look at it, see how strong it is, and go from there. All right. Sounds like a plan. Works for me. Only one way to find out. And now on the, I opened up some of the hives, uh, the two hives, I've got uh, the two that were given to me had the nuke and the 10 frame. Uh, opened up 10 frame, uh, found the golden queen, uh, lots of bees in there, completely different. The ones that we requeened? Yes. Yeah, Completely changed it all, didn't it? different. I mean, they didn't want to come out and eat you like that first bunch, like the ones that we got given to me. Now they're, hey, high five. No, maybe not quite that easy, but yeah. But they are not mean. I mean, that queen just... You know, all the well, all those bees died, and the queen put her eggs in there. They raised them, and a completely different bunch of bees, and they are a whole lot nicer. Yeah, it's it's amazing how that actually works. And there's some really bizarre. Um, this is where you can get like really off in the weeds on hypothetical new agey mystical type things, right? Mm -hmm. Because in the science of it. If you wanted to look at it in black and white, when you put a new queen into a colony and you take the original queen out, the queen herself honestly dictates the entire genetic profile of that colony. My, well, obviously everything that she's mated that with, she's all the different drones she's related, mated yeah. with. Yeah. So, but what's going to happen is if you have workers that have a lifespan of only six weeks yeah. at certain times of the year, be it spring and summer mm -hmm. when they're doing the, the main foraging, you know that in six weeks' time, pretty much all of the bees that are in that colony will have died out. Yep. So if you put a new queen in, over the course of the next six weeks, she's constantly laying new babies. Those mm -hmm. new babies are emerging mm -hmm. and slowly taking over the roles of the bees prior to them. And those other bees are slowly dying out. So you'll notice a slow progression over the course of six weeks where the entire colony changes its disposition, its attitude, the way that it behaves, all because of the genetic profile. That, from a scientific and genetic prospect perspective, mm -hmm. <laughs> makes perfect sense. However, I have seen numerous times where you have a colony that is just mean as hell. Mm -hmm. And you go through there and you get rid of that queen and you put a new queen in. And a week later, you go in there and you open it up and they're just as chill as they can be. Really? And, and yet all of those bees that were mean rigid, as hell yeah. were still there. They haven't all magically died. They're still there. So sometimes the actual presence of the queen and the pheromones that she puts out, every queen has its own unique pheromone signature. Mm -hmm. And those pheromones could could be stronger. There's, there's a whole bunch of different chemicals that are mixed up in the queen pheromone and mixed up with all the different pheromones the queen releases, right? 
So that was loud. That was the turkey call instead of the crisp splash. Um, so what you end up having is you've got this situation where that new queen has a different mixture. Mm-hmm. And it could be 50% of this, whereas the other queen was 25%. And then it could be, you know, 6% of this, where the other queen was 50% of that. And, like, there, there's all these different little nuances to it, right? Well, when you go through and you take all of that into consideration, it could literally be that that new queen gets put in there. And the pheromones are in a different ratio, in a different amount. And it actually changes the behavior of the bees that were responding originally to the other queen. If you wanted to super simplify it, you could just be like, she had good vibes. And yeah. her, her, she had a pleasant energy and the bees were like, all yeah. calm and relaxed. Yeah. Now, <laughs> one thing that I've noticed, you know, we got all these swarms this mm-hmm. last fall. Or early fall. <laughs> yeah, we, early got, fall. we got all these swarms when uh, they shouldn't last, have been swarms. Late summer. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I had a reason, I uh, had a guy explain to me why we got so many swarms. You know, you had swarms at your place. Well, I had, well, we had three one day. He says, Ken, it was because we had such a great spring that all of a sudden they looked up and, oh, we're full. Well, but we may be going into a fall float. But he says, that's why they left. They swarmed because they were full. Yeah. Well, and, and, Honestly, they also may have known something that we didn't know. That's true too. Because yeah. we should have been, we should have already been down oh, into yeah. like our highs should have been like eighty three right now, mm-hmm. and our lows should have been We're closer to like fifty or sixty. Yeah, and, and 80, 80, This this all I left the house at one something this morning, eighty degrees. I got here at four something, eighty degrees. Yeah. In the morning. In the, right. In the morning. Yeah. It's and the dark. Humidities, the humidity when you wake up in the morning, you almost can't breathe. You're like, yeah. oh. And then it just escalates because then you have your yeah. your uh, heat index. But so, yeah, you end up with these situations. And the bees may have understood and they may have sensed in their own little way that nature was not going to cooperate this year. Things were going to be different. It was going to be hotter longer. Um, but those colonies that did swarm may have basically sentenced themselves to a death sentence. Um Mainly because when they did go out and swarm, we're still in a dearth. Mm. Our dearth hasn't broken yet. There is no fall flow at the moment. None. If things continue, we may go straight from summer to winter, and mm-hmm. there may be no fall flow, which a lot of states up north, that's exactly how they go. They go spring, summer, the flow tapers out, they have fall, everything's beautiful and changing colors, but there's not necessarily any flower flow out there for them, any nectar flow, and then it transitions over into winter, and that's it. We don't usually have that. No. And our, you know, we can usually rely on that little fall flow to build things up. But if it doesn't do that this year, those colonies that swarmed out, they will have taken the food stores with them to build new comb, but they're only going to get three or four small combs Mm -hmm. built. And then they have nothing to put in them. Mm -hmm. And then they have no food stores to store up. And they, they could very well die wherever they go, whatever they move into the hive that they choose. Mm -hmm. They just may not make it. They may not have any food stores there. So it could have actually been to their disadvantage to do that, but they did it based on the cues of nature. Like you said, there was way more nectar than there normally is. It happened way faster than it normally does. I had several clients that their colonies literally swarmed themselves to death because they kept swarming 
And then they would come back and they'd be like, wow, we still have too much space or we don't have any space. We've got too much, you know, food stores and too many bees. And they would take another queen and go and take another queen and go. And they just kept doing it until all of a sudden, well, it's the summer dearth and you've now swarmed six times and there are zero eggs in that colony. And that last queen left. Oops. Now there's no queen to take over and there's no eggs to make a new queen. Well, what do you tell do? Tell me where they're at and I'll put traps around them. <laughs> Well, apparently they're out there near your house. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> because of all the different ones that came out through there. Um, okay, so we've got a couple of emails here that I want to try to get to real quick. And one of them is fairly lengthy. The other one is pretty short. So let's go through and do this really fast here just because they are relevant to kind of the time of year. And then we'll wrap this bad boy up for the day. So uh, we have a, a the first one here comes from Timothy. And Timothy is a new beekeeper in Tennessee. And he says, I have a quick question. This is going to be my first winter keeping bees, and I know that Tennessee does not get as cold as some places up north, but I wanted to know if I should wrap and insulate my hives for winter. Also, if you say I should, at what month should I start? Now, here's the thing. Um, we are greatly lacking details to sufficiently answer that question. Yeah, is he in the mountains? <laughs> I mean, there's Blue Ridge Mountains in Tennessee. Is he at the top of the mountain? Is If he's in the valley. Yeah. In the valley, it's going to be a lot warmer. Yep. Is he in a part of Tennessee where he might be right on the border of another state in that that climate zone could change? He could be in a flatter land than, than the mountains. You never know really in that. Also. Timothy, <laughs> is one leg shorter than the other? That's all I want to know. If, you're, if it is, you're in the mountains. <laughs> I was like, where the hell are you going with that? <laughs> okay, so here's the additional things that we would need to know to truly answer that, but but not specifically. Just let us know if you got a shorter leg. <laughs> not specifically. Um, man, that train of thought is so derailed at the moment. What style of hives are you keeping your bees in? Are they Langstroths, or are they a top bar, or are they a Ware, or are they something else? Do you have them in a wicker skep hive? Like, what style of hive you have, that will drastically change yeah, the answer would. to this question. But I'm going to assume, regardless if it is a top bar or a Langstroth, if you have sufficient food stores and they're in a traditional box, they should be in Tennessee, they should be perfectly fine yeah. without being wrapped. Now, if you're in your area especially if you're in one of the mountainous regions where you could have very strong gusts of winds that come down the mountain slopes, you may want to put up that wind block and yeah, make sure break. that they yeah. have the wind break mm -hmm. either facing the slope of the mountain or facing north to, mm -hmm. to block all that off from there. Um, put up the wind break as long as you can keep the wind from just battering against the side of the hive and robbing the heat from it, mm -hmm. you're probably going to be perfectly fine. Again, we do have listeners like uh, Melissa's Top Bars. I keep mentioning her because she does top our hives mm -hmm. and she builds them almost the same way that we do down here but she does it in massachusetts and they have you know long winters with right. lots of snow yeah. and all she does is provide that northern wind block she curves that around the hive the wind then hits that and it doesn't hit the hive directly and it keeps the hive from losing a lot of that heat so no you do not necessarily have to wrap your hives they'll be perfectly fine without it you could build a wind block um in regards to when you should do it well you know your area and you can see your forecast. So when you look and you see that temperatures are now in the 60s on average and then they're on the 40s, mm -hmm. you know, coming up, it's going to be a whole week where it's 50 or 40 or 30. You need to go ahead and 
prepare that before that happens. So you want to do it before your first freeze or frost or before the first storm comes in. So if you're in one of these states where you're getting a notice right now that, hey, there's this winter storm on the way and today is Monday and you're going to have snow on Wednesday, then Monday and Tuesday, you better be out there doing something if you're going to. If you're going to build that wind block, if you're going to do whatever, do it right before that hits mm -hmm. and you'll be perfectly fine. Now, yeah. again, there's there's a lot of beekeepers out there in your area, and if you were to go through and wrap your hive in Tennessee, it is not going to hurt anything. If you provide extra insulation for them, it's just going to help hold the heat in more. So if you really, really feel like that's what you need to do, go ahead and do so. It's not going to be the end of the world. Just make sure you have that top entrance like we talked about on the last episode. They have to have that top entrance up there so that they can get out if yep. snow covers up the bottom entrance and so it can let out the humidity and the moisture. Yep. That's going to be the key to it. But the rest of it is completely up to you if you would like to do that. I just go talk to one of your beekeeper buddies and see what they do. A beekeeper buddy who has successfully been keeping bees for multiple years, yeah. not one or two years, yeah. and has successfully overwintered multiple years in a row. That is the person you want to ask those questions to. Yep. Now, our second email that we're going to go through and tackle here really quick. This is a listener questions or slash fan questions from Martin. And I don't know if Martin actually says where he's at. But here we go. Martin says, hey, y'all. <laughs> hey, y'all. How you doing there, buddy? <laughs> I'm an avid listener to the show, and I wait patiently every Monday when I get to listen to a new episode. I drive a lot for work, so it's nice to be able to be both educated and entertained for a while. My only ask is that y'all do two episodes a week. <laughs> two episodes oh, wait, Well, last week we did three or four, so he's happy. <laughs> you do realize we don't get paid for this, right? <laughs> like, this is a pro bono service. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there may be a bonus episode coming up here. Um, you know, you might get a bonus episode this week because we, uh, in the last two episodes, Ken has went on a sum total of like 30 tangents. Um, and we have saved all those and stored them off for a, a bonus episode. In fact, in uh, in last week's episode, you may have heard me mention, and it sounded out of place because at the very beginning of the show, mm -hmm. you heard me say, like, we this is what the show is going to be about. Then we went over and we gave a shout out to David. And then I came right back and I was like, OK, I'm sorry for that, you know, that big, long detour. Now let's get on with the topic. And there, everybody was like, that was like three minutes into the show. What are you talking about a detour? That's because I cut 40 minutes out of the show that all took place before we even started because we were that far off subject so yeah we do get a little crazy we we definitely have some materials that we can uh, we can do another bonus episode or two but again it's never promised that you will get more than uh, more than one a week and uh martin you're definitely not the only person that has been asking for that though and we appreciate it we love we yep, love the I fact do. that you guys like it that much the email continues on and he says i am pretty new to beekeeping it's just nearing the end of my second season I started my hive last spring with a kit that I had purchased from Kelly Beekeeping. The kit had everything that I needed in it. It was all the hive components, and I also got a package shipped to me, and I was off and running. The bees took off pretty well their first year and built out two mediums with brood and honey and went into winter pretty strong. In early spring, I added a shallow super for them to start building out as I was worried about them having enough space. They had actually kept building during the winter and had gone through very little of their food stores. I guess I was a little bit too late, though, because before I knew it, I was getting calls from my neighbors about a swarm. I was at work, and I pleaded with them, please do not call a bee removal service, but that's exactly what they ended up doing. Before I could get there, I had lost the swarm and my original queen. 
There were a bunch of queen cells, though, in the colony at that point, so I decided to write it out and let them try to raise one of their own from those cells. After waiting, I decided that they had not, in fact, been successful in this, and Kelly Beekeeping rushed me a new Carniolan queen. They accepted her, and they have been building in numbers ever since. It's been very dry here, so I started feeding them a little bit ago because they were not really bringing in much nectar. Also, after the swarm set back and being queenless for several weeks, they did not really build out any new wax on the foundation in that upper super that I had added in the spring. So, my question is around what I should do with that shallow super as I approach fall and winter this year. They definitely do not need any extra space to have to warm in the winter, and it is just foundation at this point. But I am worried about them not having enough space coming out of winter just like they did last year. As the winters are becoming increasingly more mild, thanks climate change. <laughs> ah, Gore so, did it. Al Gore did it. Al Gore did it. He told, yeah. he told everybody about climate change. Yeah, he didn't cause it. Al Gore it. did it. <laughs> All right. So I should just leave the shallow. Oh, so should I just leave the shallow uh-uh. super on it and allow them to have the space or take it off to reduce the space that they have to maintain mm-hmm. through the winter? And. If it's the second option, how early in the spring should I be adding the super back to allow them the space they need in the spring? Thank you for your time, and I look forward to getting your response. Much love for the show, Martin. Okay, Martin. Um, we don't know where you're at, so again, we don't necessarily know the region. Yeah. But the question itself is very simple, and it's something that we kind of talked the, about at the, the beginning. Meeting, take the small, the shallow off. Take the shallow off. That's right. Get rid of it entirely. In the winter time, you don't need to provide any no. extra space for them. It's exactly as you said. They don't need that extra space to heat it. It's undrawn, so to them, it's null and void. Just get rid of it. Take it off the colony. Now, in the spring. That is a whole different scenario. Since it thaws out. <laughs> well, it depends. It really depends on the nectar flow. If the bees decide that they are crowded and that they're going to go through and they're going to do a division and they're going to split and swarm, once they've got that in their head, it can be nearly impossible for them to be dissuaded from that. And an empty box of undrawn comb is nothing to them. So when people give them a box because they're already seeing swarm signs, mm-hmm. that is not enough to stop them because that empty box is irrelevant. Now, if you gave them drawn comb and you put it in between some of the, the comb that's already being utilized, that's different. You've given them space that they can use. If you don't have that option, then really you may want to go through in the early spring and you want to take out a frame or two and replace it with empty undrawn comb so they have something to focus on. Now they've got to start building out that wax, but you have to do it at a time when they have food sources coming in where they can actually build out wax and draw out wax and keep going. So it can be really kind of tricky on, on when you should do that. So for us, our nectar flow starts, it, it like blue bonnets are our sign that spring is coming yep. for us down here. Mm-hmm. Now, when the blue bonnets start, there's pollen, which means the colonies are going to start growing. Mm-hmm. There's no nectar yet, so they're not going to be building mm-hmm. wax. The Indian blanket, no, sorry, Indian paintbrush, paintbrush starts to come in. Now nectar starts coming into flow. When yep. We start getting some of these other spring flowers in there. That's when we could add on our first box and let them go through and start using some of that wax to build out the uh, the comb. But you need baby bees that have emerged from their cell a week and a half ago. Those are going to be the bees that are more apt to draw out your wax quickly. So for your region, you've got to figure out when do those things naturally take place inside your colony to know when you can give them those extra boxes. And sometimes it can be really hard. If you've got two deeps, they have more than enough space to 
to do anything they ever need to do. Oh, yeah. So putting that extra shallow on the top of them, they could turn around and say, well, that's nice, but we don't need it. Thanks. Mm -hmm. So it can be a challenge to get them to move up into that. Um, but turn around and look at that coming next year. Like for, for this winter, the, the key thing for this winter, take your box off the top, get rid of that box, that shallow box, leave them with their two that are already drawn out, make sure their food stores are all good, continue feeding them. Um, if you haven't done so, go ahead and, depending on your region, switch over to that two-to-one so they can really store it up in there if they don't have the stores. If they do and they're perfectly great, awesome, just let them ride it out without that box on there. But make sure that box is gone. That'll help them kind of conserve their heat where it needs to be. And then in the spring, that gives you all winter to kind of also go through, talk to some people in your region, or do some research on just your flowers in your flower flows and see what blooms when and what's the best season for it. Um, and then put that box back on there. But early spring can be relative. For me, I might add my first box on in late March, early April. Some people still have snow on the ground then, so that may not work for them. But I don't necessarily add five boxes at that time. I may just add one. And if you're feeding your colony and you're doing one quart every week, Mm -hmm. You could actually put that box on there and maybe get them to draw that out as they're raising those new babies, and it would be sufficient. You don't necessarily have to wait on the the natural flow if you're artificially stimulating them in the spring. That'll help them grow and build out wax. So the other thing, too, is it, it may be harder if they they don't want to move up into that box because there is no drawn comb up there. Mm -hmm. um, you could, depending on you know what your situation is, if it was somebody that had foundationless or had wax foundation, you could take a frame and sacrifice it and cut it and put it into one of the shallow frames so that it then has brood in that shallow frame to get them to move into it and start building it out. You could also potentially put that frame on the very or the, the box on the very bottom instead of the very top. And that gives them space. So if they're crowded and they need to decongest the hive and, and allow airflow, they can move down into that empty box down below them in the spring and the bees i mean in nature they're going to start at the top of the cavity and they're going to draw from the top down and then spread out across as they go so there's not really necessarily any reason for above or below um you know several episodes back months ago we talked about supering versus nadiring mm -hmm. and that's just the box on the top versus the box on the bottom right you could put it on the bottom and they could potentially go through and draw it out down there as well but um that will be like we'll have to answer the second half of your question next year when spring is starting to approach and we can go through and talk about some of these advanced second and third year things on well what do i do to get this to work but for now absolutely get rid of that top box Sounds like winter to me. I, I concur. <laughs> Sounds like a winter to you? Winter. winter. <laughs> a winter. <laughs> I was just trying to be a smart aleck, but anyhow. All right, guys. Well, that is it for today. We got to thank one new guy. We do. Who's our listener that is listening to us in Switzerland? Oh, I have no idea. You're talking about that Instagram post. Yeah, you sent that. That was that Instagram. I just wanted to ask him. Oh, that's In Switzerland. Right. <laughs> do they have, Do they make chocolate honey? Ain't the Swiss known for chocolate? I mean, the Swiss are known for a lot of things. Well, yeah, blonde, blonde. Well, no, that's Sweden. <laughs> I better shut up before I get in bad trouble. <laughs> we love our our other. Oh, let's pay we one. love our listeners, our listeners from especially everywhere. From, uh, yeah, well, everywhere, but I really like picking on them from other countries. That you do. Yeah, you you really do, and you've got you always have some off the wall. Something that you want to go through and, and ask and say whenever it comes to that. Where, oh, where? Have my little dog been? Where, oh, where? <laughs> 
Let's see. They tagged I'm us. For it too. Yeah, they tagged us in a post, and it's not showing me on here. That's the yeah. downside. When he gets far enough out of the range, it's really hard to go in there and, and know, nail that sucker back down. One of the things I'm tickled to death to help all these people that task us and and you know is you know supposedly I don't know you have to tell me uh, the bees are a going away thing, and if we can help them any way we can, and being more bees, people are raising bees and want honey and and all we're doing is just helping the world that is true oh we're helping feed the world so think about that the hive jive we're feeding the world (laughs) vicariously through helping you guys raise bees um have you put your box uh your your box you're painting on instagram yet i put it on mine on wicked bee apiary okay yeah i put it out there on mine um, I got lots of lots of people that went through and said that they liked it. Man, that really I can't. Uh, it's too bad that you can't scroll back further. I, I'm looking to. Well, yeah. I sent it. I and sent it to you. We've talked a bunch. Yeah, I sent it to you, and but I, I found the image that I sent to you, but unfortunately, yeah. I cropped the top off so that I could get it in there, and it doesn't actually say who the user was now. Uh-uh. Um, uh, and we're sorry. Yeah. We're sorry. My bad. And I uh, just want to thank all of our listeners. And, well, you're not our listeners. You're our family. We're one big old family out here is all we are. So, uh, uh, you know, the more we can get into, you know, more family we can get, the happier we are. And one of these days, who knows, we may all sit down and eat together. I doubt that because y'all are all over the country, <laughs> the world. But there may be an opportunity, though. Yes. That uh, some of you, if you are so willing, may actually be able to do exactly that. Yep. Come we'll, we'll and, come talk and spend the weekend and days. sit down and, uh, <laughs> and, yeah, do some fun things. You never can tell. That is definitely a possibility. But anyway, any of our new listeners, if y'all want to reach out to us, that'd be wonderful. And John can tell you how because I'm not a social giant like John is. <laughs> I'm not a social giant either. Um, <laughs> so if you if you ever do want to get a hold of us, you can always do so on Instagram or Facebook by using at the Hive Jive. That will bring us up, and you can go through there and do that. If you want to tag us in posts and stuff, you can do hashtag the Hive Jive. And that will usually pop up in our feed um, when I do actually go in there and look at that section of it. If you want to send us listener questions and emails, you can also send us messages through those two platforms, mm-hmm. through Facebook and through Instagram. Or you can email us directly at info at mm-hmm. And uh, you can always check out the website. The website here, when the wintertime comes and we actually have a little bit more slow time for me to sit down and do stuff, we'll be doing a little bit of changes to the website. We'll add some actual show notes on there for you guys and change some things up. And you can find the website at, uh, there's two different addresses. Go to the same place, thehivejive.com or thehivejivepodcast.com. So you can check us out on there. So thanks again for listening, guys. We will probably have a bonus episode for you later this week, somewhere around Wednesday, perhaps. Um, We shall see. But until then, you guys be good. Y'all be safe and see you again, family. Y'all be good. Thank you, family. Be happy. (laughs) Bye. 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 We'll see y'all. Happy, happy, happy. Bye. It's time for our guys to buzz off. But don't fret. The Hive Jive journey continues with new episodes Mondays every month. Until then, you can follow along with the guys on Facebook and Instagram at The Hive Jive. Thanks for listening and be safe out there.